أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله ما شاء الله we've reached this Mubarak 18th night of Ramadan Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us uh, from his rahma Rabbighfir warhamu anta khayrul rahimeen Rabbighfir warhamu anta khayrul rahimeen Rabbighfir warhamu anta khayrul rahimeen Wa qala rabbi fi kitabihi al-kareem Wa qur rabbighfir warhamu anta khayrul rahimeen My Rabb tabarak wa ta'ala commanded at the end of Surah Al-Mu'minun a command that all of the believers should abide by and say, Rabbighfir warhamu anta khayrul rahimeen. My Lord, forgive and have mercy. And you are the best of uh, the merciful. It's something very easy on the tongue. It's very light on the tongue. A person can say it a thousand times and not even be aware. It's so beautiful. In general, the kalam of Allah Ta'ala's book is so beautiful. A person doesn't even have to understand Arabic to understand its beauty. Uh, but the more they understand from Arabic, whether it be just reading the translation or actually learning the language, um, the more its beauty uh, it puts you in a trance uh, and enchants you, um, not in the dirty way that you're put in a trance uh, or enchanted by a movie where you'll watch for two hours and then afterward, when you snap out of it, you realize it was all fake, it was all a waste. It was like a highwayman robbed you, but instead of taking your wallet and your $100 bills, he took your time. Um, unlike that, it puts you in a trance. Uh, imagine if someone robbed you in such a way that not only did you get your wallet back, but your 100 turned into a 1,000. Uh, um, and on top of that, he told you something nice to feel good about yourself and taught you something. Uh, about life that will benefit you in the future uh, that puts so much benefit in you that even your wife and kids even your neighbors even your enemies even your friends they can just look at your face and see something good has happened to you that's actually not a robbery at all that's not a thief at all uh, uh, that's the likeness of a person who um, is enriched by the generous Quran that's why we call it Al-Quran Al-Karim this Ramadan is such a beautiful Blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Lord knows we need it and Allah ta'ala to him is praise So don't waste uh, the time in these nights. Otherwise you can very easily f doom scroll through Facebook and Twitter and uh, TikTok and uh, Instagram and Snapchat and Patanikya All of these things and for those who are like not tech savvy you can still you know whittle away your days and nights uh, hearing the yakking of Democrats and Republicans and uh, what did Imran Khan say and what did Bajwa say and what did uh, Movi Diesel say and what did uh, you know Nawaz and Shabazz and you know Shazam and Kazam and the people and the party and all these people what, what did everyone say and what did uh, you know this president say and that president you can just completely waste the entire thing and get through uh, Ramadan This murur al-kiram is for those things that are lahu, they have no meaning But the thing that has meaning uh, to pass by like that 
it's a sad loss, but it's very possible. I mean, you, you can do it. It is very possible. Uh, um, it, it is possible for a person to do it. It's just not a very good idea. Allah Ta'ala make us from amongst those who loves that we can be uh, entranced and uh, um, uplifted uh, through this most Mubarak kalam and dhikr uh, that he sent down on his Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. وَإِنَّهُ لَذِكْرٌ لَكَ وَلِقَوْمِكَ وَسَوْفَ تُسْأَلُونَ Indeed, it is a sharaf and an honor for you and for your people, uh, for the Arabs, and you'll be asked about it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, give us from that honor that he sent to his Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the qawm of his Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And may he enrich us through it. Ameen. So we continue with reading about the seerah of the Khulafa Rashidun, the Khulafa of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his ummah, the great mashayikh of the turuq, the imams of the fuqaha, the imams of the muhaddithin, the imams of the mutakallimin, the imams of Qur'an and of tafsir, the imams of any good that came down on the heart of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that is preserved uh, for the ummah until the day of judgment. It's through these four great khulafa of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam first and then through the generality of his companions radiallahu ta'ala anhum the, 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 the saints and the uh, martyrs and the uh, righteous and the uh, holy ones who carried uh, like the ark carried two of different species to save them from the flood that they carried every beautiful and every wonderful and every munawar and enlightened and every fragrant and every lovely thing that Allah Ta'ala created in this world to be loved and to be marveled at and to be praised for and thanked over. Every good thing that was in this world uh, that was sent on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was carried by these four khulafa uh, that are, are mashayikh in every way, uh, shape and form. And they are the mashayikh of the tariqah, any tariqah worth joining. Uh, and anything other than what comes to them is all goofy sufi and all, uh, uh, you know, peace and love. And you could probably, you know, your best uh, bet to look for all the other things is probably Deepak Chopra or, or some new age guru who will, uh, you know, charge $10,000 for a retreat where you learn mindfulness or some, something ridiculous like that. Uh, you can have fake Rumi quotes uh, galore. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure the, the refreshments taste good, but they're not halal. Uh, and uh, as for the useful part, all of it comes through them. Allah Ta'ala can, can, can connect us with them. Uh, Ameen. Allah made their love uh, one of the greatest vehicles to attain salvation and to hold fast to it. And one of the greatest vehicles to ascend through the ranks of sainthood. Uh, and it's such a beautiful system because... Just listen, just read about them. Even if you heard the story a thousand times, the one thousand and first time you hear it, it makes you even more inspired and even more happy. If loving them is uh, righteousness, it's Allah Ta'ala's fadl, it's His grace that He made them so easy to be loved. So we continue with the story of the hijrah, the migration of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab in the path of Allah Ta'ala, leaving his home and leaving everything he held dear and sacred for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. Even his migration is an interesting anecdote which gives a good picture of his courage and bravery, says Hazrat Sheikh Zakaria rahimahullah wa ta'ala. Sayyidina Ali karramallahu ta'ala wajhahu alayhi salam said that in the beginning the people migrated by stealth. They secretly 
slipped out of Makkah Mukarramah through the fingers of the Mushrikeen of Quraysh. When Sayyidina Umar radiallahu ta'ala anhu migrated, he strung his sword around his neck and held his bow in his hand. He took along a large supply of arrows. First, he went to the masjid and calmly performed tawaf and then salat. He then confronted the gathering of kuffar and addressed them as follows. Whoever desires that his mother wail for him and that his children be rendered orphans and his wife a widow should come out of Mecca now to combat Omar. He then departed and not one person dared to oppose him. Tell me how many people weep that Allah Ta'ala shouldn't raise from the Ummah somebody like this. How many weak people, how many illiterate people, how many unlearned people, how many people who never learned to fight, who it doesn't occur to them that another human being is my enemy. They spent their entire lives trying to make their world a better place or trying to feed their family or trying to take care of themselves and just survive or trying to worship Allah Ta'ala or trying to mind their own business when the shayateen of the jinn and the ints in this world uh, spent so much money and developed so many systems to rape the earth and to enslave God's creation who was born to be free and to make the animals and their species die and become extinct and to poison the air and to poison the water and poison the earth. I see in the masajid people selling things for masjid fundraisers, they're all made in China. For God's sakes, don't sell anything that is just going to go and enrich the pockets of the godless communist party components of which are probably made from slave labor of your brothers and sisters for the sake of the lord don't buy eid presents i know it's easy to log on to amazon.com or whatever don't buy eid presents made in china i know there's some things you can't buy that are not made in china Chalo ticket those things even leave them i'm talking about those things that you can find an alternative like how much is your how much is your human decency worth to you? Just pay another $5 or admit that you cannot afford to buy presents. You know, just make the offer people or whatever. And, uh, you know, but for God's sakes, don't give your children and don't give your loved ones a gift that outwardly looks like a bag or looks like cosmetics or looks like electronics or looks like a toy or looks like Legos or looks like, you know, any number of household goods. But it's, it's reality with Allah Ta'ala is that you are just breaking off a piece of the hellfire and handing it to them. That it was made by shayateen. It was made for shayateen. And the money that is spent on it goes to enrich the shayateen and to further their plan in order to harm those who Allah Ta'ala loves. Don't, don't do it. And think about it, how many people make dua and weep at night 
how many people in jail cells are tortured, how many people in dire poverty where they see other people, uh, you know, driving around in cars and with electricity and things like that, and they themselves cannot afford basic medicine, basic medicine that we, you know, we get for pennies. Um, they cannot afford basic foodstuffs that we get for pennies. They die in the winter in refugee camps uh, of cold. Um, those refugees that die on the Greek border and die on the border of Poland and on the border of Bulgaria and in the borders of the nations of the world, even in the Muslim world as well, those refugees that die in the cold where the kuffar uh, soldiers will literally take their, their uh, cell phone, smash the SIM and take the money from their wallets and strip them naked in the middle of the winter and then go drop them off in the middle of, uh, in the, middle of the forest so that they can freeze to death. And our Muslim uh, nations are no better how many refugees end up in Muslim countries and Arab countries uh, uh, and non-Arab countries. And uh, some of them are sold in the slave markets and some of them are uh, uh, themselves put into camps herded like dogs to live generations in a camp whereas they were born to be free. It's the hukum of Allah Ta'ala that they were born to be free. And uh, you know how many of them weep at night for Allah Ta'ala to send somebody that will have enough decency inside of them and have enough courage inside of them and have enough dignity inside of them to not bow his head in front of these shayateen and have enough backbone inside of him that he'll say I'm not, I'm not going to accept this. This is not something I, I'm okay with. And that Allah Ta'ala will give madad to him and to the ummah through such a person. That it will hold back the hands and it will tie the tongues and spellbound, spellbind the, the, the shayateen who do these types of things. And look, Allah Ta'ala is still there. Allah Ta'ala sent this grace on the Ummah through Sayyidina Umar anhu and through a million heroes between him and between this day. And they're still there in the Ummah and they're still alive. One of the reasons for telling these stories is not to say that part of the Ummah is done and now you know it's your fate to suffer uh, like garbage until Yom Al-Qiyamah. No. In fact, Allah Ta'ala has a system, if you wish to have his madad, it's always there. بَلْ مَبْسُوطَةً This is the fikr of the Yahud, uh, uh, the, the wicked from amongst the Yahud that were described in the Qur'an as those who say that uh, when the Rasul Wasallam asks people to give in the path of Allah, that, oh look, Allah Ta'ala's hands, hand is tied, meaning like, you have to spend because Allah is like, you know, miserly. And Allah Ta'ala says in his, in his, in his book, Allah Ta'ala, his hands are both of them, obviously, again, like, put the anthropomorphist like waswasa that sadly people have been affected and afflicted with now, and try to understand what the point of mentioning this, uh, these, this wording is. That the two hands of Allah Ta'ala are open, meaning Allah Ta'ala is generous and he spends and he gives to his creation just as generously as he ever did. And there's a system if you want from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how do you get it? One of the benefits of hearing the stories of the awliya is what? That a person should have gratitude to Allah ta'ala that he sent such people to this ummah. 
and he made them so beautiful and he made them so easy to love and he made their love one of the greatest qurubat and one of the greatest ways of, of getting proximity and he said that if you are thankful I will give you increase so alhamdulillah Allah Ta'ala sent these heroes to the ummah Allah Ta'ala sent Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu Obviously, he wasn't like, you know, like a Marvel superhero that if the entire Quraysh tried to kill him, that he could have fought them off. But Allah Ta'ala is the one who held their hands back and Allah Ta'ala is the one who tied their tongues. Allah Ta'ala is the one who gave him honor and disgraced all of his enemies in front of them that none of them could do a damn thing when he was, when he was leaving. And uh, uh, say Alhamdulillah and Allah Ta'ala raise somebody say alhamdulillah maybe somebody says such a beautiful alhamdulillah from inside of his heart allah ta'ala make you that person allah ta'ala make you one of that jama'ah allah ta'ala make you one of that that that, that group uh, of heroes that he raised uh, from the ummah of his rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam amin he then departed and no one dared to oppose him his excellencies his excellences are unanimous uh, there are numerous issues on which there's unanimity amongst the Muslims, but there are very few such issues on which there is both the consensus of the Muslims and the kuffar. However, amongst the exploits of Sayyidina Umar, there are many examples in which there is such cons consensus. Even enemies concede his wisdom, intelligence, alertness, political foresight, political administration, awe and justice. Beside his immense awe, there are numerous incidents of his zuhud, his abstinence, and poverty. I shall uh, cite a few examples since it is impossible to enumerate all such episodes. Uh, and Allah knows best, perhaps one of the things that Hazrat Shaykh is uh, alluding to, um, amongst others, there's actually a lot there, but one of the things that he may be alluding to is that uh, apparently it's said that uh, some Muslim uh, mouthed off toward, to Gandhi when there were uh, uh, Muslim Hindu riots and he mouthed off and said something, in, maybe not to him, but in his presence, that uh, he said to the Hindus that, like, don't mess with us, we're the Ummah of Sayyidina Umar anhu. And Gandhi replied that, look, if you still had men like Umar in the Ummah, um, neither would you guys be in this mess, nor would we be in this mess. Meaning you would still be ruling and foreigners wouldn't, you know, have colonized and enslaved us. Um, and Gandhi was a number of things, but he was, you know, uh, ostensibly doesn't seem that he was like a Muslim. I'm pretty sure he was not a Muslim. Legally, he was not a Muslim. And, uh, um, you know, you can accuse him of a lot of things. Islam is probably not one of the things he's going to get accused of. But uh, um, even, even he bore witness to, um, he bore witness to Sayyidina Umar ta'ala and his excellencies. Uh, and he's by far not the only one. In spite of the awe and splendor of his life, he lived a life of extreme abstinence. His garments had several patches. Someone once counted 14 patches on his, uh, on his qamis. Frequently, he could not find a piece of cloth to mend his uh, qamis, his, his, his tunic, his kurta. Uh, he would even use a piece of leather to effect a patch. Sayyidina Zayd bin Thabit anhu, once counted 17 patches on his, on his clothing. Two varieties of food would never be served at one time, meaning he only ate one thing at a time. Once his daughter, Sayyidah Safiya, uh, 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 poured some butter on food. He became displeased and said that she added two varieties of food to a single dish. Once he was a bit late for uh, the Friday prayer, 
The reason for the delay was the lack of another shirt to wear and he was waiting for his one shirt to dry. Meaning what? He only had one pair of clothes, which was also the sunnah of the Rasul That he only had one pair of clothes. If it became dirty, he had to wash it. Uh, and, uh, you know, those are the people, they lived for the akhirah. They used to budget. They didn't want to take so much from the dunya that it would cost their akhirah. So this is the way that they lived. And you can live that, everyone, all of us can live that way. If some, someone is listening and Allah gave you plenty, then Allah loves to see the uh, uh, effect of his blessings on his slave. By all means, wear nice clothes, as long as it's not something excessive. Wear nice clothes according to what you can afford and what your position in life is. Um, and don't feel bad about it. But if somebody is either volitionally able to do so without making a show out of it, or is in such a situation where they only have one pair of clothes, or they only have one pair of shoes, or they only have some limited means, you also should be proud of it. You have a great salaf in this. And in some ways, Allah Ta'ala made it easy for you to follow their uh, sunnah, whereas another person might be mubtala, um, another person might be tested by these material things. Anyone who looks for happiness and fulfillment in meaning these material things, um, if you cannot be happy in the patched kurta, uh, I promise you, you're not going to be happy in a hundred new shirts and a hundred new shoes and a hundred new dresses. Now from our Mashaykh, Mulana Qasim Nanotwi, rahimahullah ta'ala, it's well known about him that he used to have one uh, pair of clothes, one shalwar kameez, and he used to have a, um, basically a piece of cloth when he was washing his, uh, a piece of cloth as a shawl, and when he was washing his um, his suit of clothing, he would just tie the shawl around his waist as an izar and he would wash it as well. Uh, and it's something that, that, that those who, you know, those who ha Allah Ta'ala has entered love uh, into their heart, they do things that, that other people will find peculiar. Um, Ustadji, you know, I heard him mention that you say that most people are sane and a couple of people are insane. He says, I say that most people are insane and a couple of people are, are sane. You say that uh, so many are alive and you rarely see someone dead. I see that so many are dead and you rarely see someone alive. Uh, and Allah Ta'ala will uh, show us one day what the reality is. Once he said, if there was not fear of reckoning, I would have eaten roasted meat. Everyone who performed hajj in summer is aware of the extreme heat. But never was a tent or shade erected for Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu on any stage of his journey from Medina Tayyibah to Makkah Mukarramah. A piece of leather would be spread in the shade of a cactus tree uh, or a desert, uh, a thorny desert uh, brush, and uh, he would rest uh, on that piece of leather. Because the journey of Hajj is one of Sha'ath, it's not one that you come back and ask each other which hotel you stayed in, how was the buffet. Once during a severe famine which endured for nine months, he abandoned eating butter and meat in sympathy and solidarity with the poor. He took an oath that he would not eat bread with anything beside olive oil. During this famine, he made dua, O Allah, do not destroy the ummah by my hands. Now we should make this dua for our leaders that, Ya Allah, don't destroy the ummah by their hands. Who knows, maybe if somebody uh, makes sincere prayers and if people entreat Allah Ta'ala with enough humility, maybe Allah Ta'ala will bring something, something that, that 
something better. And alhamdulillah for what we have. He would visit people in their homes to ascertain their needs. He would stress that they refer their requirements to him. His constant and abundant crying formed two dark stripes down his cheeks. He would cry so much in salat out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala that his sobbing could be heard uh, by three rows of musallis. At times, while engaged in the recitation of the noble Qur'an, he would cry so profusely that his breathing would become difficult. Uh, he'd ha he had fallen down from this before. Sometimes he would lament, I wish I was a goat which could be slaughtered and eaten. Sometimes he would hold a blade of grass and sigh and say, I wish I was this grass. Sometimes he would say, I wish my mother had not given birth to me. He would say to people, better than your life in the hereafter be suffering uh, 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 is that you suffer in your worldly life. And this is again uh, a sign of his, the kamal of his fana, of his annihilation, the annihilation of his ego. Otherwise, Allah knows that these people who were given bishara from the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they were given glad tidings of Jannah, um, that, uh, uh, that this is nothing except for their fana, their complete annihilation, their complete nafslessness, that their ego was annihilated in front of the Lord uh, uh, to the point where they uh, wished not to be anything so that they could truly understand who Allah is. Because as long as there's a me and you with Allah Ta'ala, you still don't see him. You're still seeing duality. As long as you see me and you, there is, there, you still don't see him. Once it's just you, uh, uh, then a person will appreciate uh, something uh, about Allah Ta'ala. And even then, they're uh, as far as they can be from, uh, from his reality, Jalla wa'ala. Uh, and this is not monism, that like the whole world, like, oh, I, the whole universe is God. That's not what it is. There is nothing. There is nothing. There's just Allah. Uh, the universe and all of that, once you don't see it anymore, it's a strange, it's a strange gift Allah gives to those who know Him. And if a person wants to taste it, um, you know, they have to pay a price. And that price is everything. And once you've given that price, then you have a little taste, and that little taste completely overwhelms you. Um, and if you hold anything back for yourself, then, uh, uh, then you, you get nothing. Then you get nothing at all. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, give us from what he gave to those who he loved. It's something even difficult, a person who knows and understands what it means. Um, it's something difficult for even for them to make dua for. If you'll recall in one of the previous years, uh, Majalis, uh, when talking about what this fana is, what this annihilation of the nafs in front of the Lord is, you'll recall the, uh, the biography of Sariya Saqati. Uh, rahimahullah ta'ala, the Shaykh of Imam Junaid Baghdadi and his uncle was Saqat Furush. He was in his, in his place of business when one of the awliya uh, came to him and uh, asked, asked, he said that there's a man outside asking in the name of Allah Ta'ala for something to eat. Do you have something to give him? And so Sarri had his like, lunch that he would take with him every day to work. And so he says, well, here, this is what I have. Go and feed it to him. And so out of honor of the Ahlullah and the love of good, uh, he just gave his lunch up for that one day. And, uh, um, and then that sheikh was so happy that, that, that he fed this hungry person and that he uh, uh, assented to his uh, request that he said, you know, ask me, what can I do for you? What can I give you, you know, in return for this thing that you did? 
He said, make dua that Allah Ta'ala, uh, uh, you know, that I become beloved to Allah. And he said that, 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 that wali of Allah made dua right there, right then and there, that I become beloved to Allah Ta'ala. And since then, not one thing has gone right with my dunya. Since that day, not one thing has gone right with my dunya. فَإِذَا مَا الثَّمَنْ Whoever wishes to purchase, then let them proffer the price. It's hard. It takes him and courage even to ask for it. But if you can just tiptoe up onto your toes and take a peek of what's on the other side of that fence, you know that there's nothing behind you that's worth anything compared to what's in front of you. So with reckless abandon of those people of love, we say, Allah, make us from amongst those that he loves. Amin. In the beginning, there were considerable harshness in him. Precisely for this reason did people avoid coming out of their homes in the initial periods of Sayyidina Umar's Khilafah. Observing this, he delivered a lengthy khutbah in which he said, People, I was hard until there was amongst you kind and beneficent men like Rasulullah and Abu Bakr, sallallahu alayhi wasallam and radiallahu anhu. The combination of my hardness and their softness has brought about moderation. But now I shall not be harsh on you. My harshness shall only be for the oppressors. O people, if I oppose the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the way of Abu Bakr, what will you do? After he posed this question several times, a man stood up brandishing a sword and indicated with it that he would sever Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu's whose neck. The audacity of this man did not anger him in the least. On the contrary, the, ang- the answer pleased him. The answer pleased him. Uh, when he journeyed to the land of Sham, he was clad in worn-out garments which had a number of patches. It was said to him that the high-ranking priests of the Yehud and Nasara would visit him. What would they think of the Muslim's leader clad so shabbily? Sayyidina Umar who responded, We are people who Allah has elevated by means of Islam. In other words, our honor and respect are not by means of garments. In spite of him uh, having been given the glad tidings of paradise, the degree of his fear was overwhelming. And despite his piety and his fear of Allah Ta'ala, he would ask Sayyidina Hudhayfa Ta'ala anhu whether he had heard uh, uh, the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned him in the list of the Munafiqeen. Uh, Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was told who the hypocrites were and he told uh, Hudhayfat ibn uh, al-Yaman and uh, uh, Umar radiallahu anhu once came to him and asked him by Allah that is my name amongst the names of the Munafiqeen and he responded to him, he said by Allah it's not only is it not but uh, also by Allah, if anyone asks me after this day uh, about somebody who's there, uh, it's a secret of the Messenger of Allah, I won't divulge it. And, uh, you know, that's the thing. The person who is afraid, that person is sincere. And the person who uh, is not afraid, uh, that's a sign that that person is not in, uh, on a right path. Allah Ta'ala reward them for showing us the way so that we didn't have to learn these lessons the hard way. Allah Ta'ala give us uh, from the khair that comes with their love and to Allah's praise that he sent uh, such heroes uh, to serve Islam and such uh, mashayikh that we can put our hands in the hands of those who represent their way and we can uh, go down the tariq and the path that they chalked out for us uh, that leads us to him. Uh, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us an increase because of this thankfulness. Wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Wa sallamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhum.